Welcome to the American Maritime Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Carpenter, Vice President of the American Maritime Partnership. If you are new to the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the issues that matter to the 650,000 American men and women who make maritime work in this great country. We are honored to have a very special guest with us today, Congressman Mike Bost of Illinois. Congressman Bost represents the 12th District of Illinois, which covers the southwest part of the state, ranging from East St. Louis to Cairo. And a fun fact about his district, it is one of the very few that contains three navigable rivers. Congressman Bost, welcome. We are honored to have you with us on the podcast today. Thank you, Jennifer. It's great to be with you. So first, we want to learn a little bit more about you and about your district. What okay. is what inspired you to pursue a career in public service? Um, actually, whenever I was very young, about 24 years old, just came home from the Marine Corps, was married, had two children. Uh, I became frustrated with local politics, began to gripe, and my wife told me to either, and she hates when I say this, but that's exactly what she said, either shut up or get involved. And so I did. And next thing I know, I actually had to decide whether I was Republican or Democrat. So I tell a lot of kids that I went to this thing called the library because we didn't have these things called cell phones then and read the platform of Ronald Reagan and the Republican Party and the platform of Walter Mondale and the Democrat Party and realized that I was definitely Republican. And so they told me I could never be elected as a Republican in deep Southern Illinois, but I told them I couldn't not run as a Republican because I'd be lying about who I was. So at any rate, I got involved and I went from, uh, was elected to county board and from there to city treasurer. Uh, ran for state representative in 1992, uh, won the primary, lost the general, uh, came back, uh, uh, got involved in township government for just a short period of time. But two years later, I went and ran for state rep again. And I held that seat for 20 years before uh, in 19, uh, I'm sorry, in 2014, I ran for the U.S. Congress and was elected to the U.S. Congress and took office January of 2015. Um, and uh, so just jumped right in and, and all of a sudden it, here it is this many years later and I'm still involved with the the whole side of public service. I've been a firefighter. Uh, I was, um, as I said, a Marine, um, married. I have three children, 11 grandchildren and blessed beyond measure. Oh, that is fantastic. And thank you for that across the board service in Congress, in the Marines, as a firefighter. That is terrific. Let's talk a little bit about how your perspective as a veteran of the Marines informs your perspective and your priorities in Congress. Yeah, well, one thing it does, it, uh, I am actually ranking member uh, of the Veterans Affairs Committee. I am hoping to be chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee. Uh, my focus is on making sure that our veterans are provided with those uh, those benefits that were promised to them, uh, especially right now with the situation where we're trying to deal with uh, burn pit exposure and also dealing with the VA needing to switch over and be more accountable to our women uh, veterans. Uh, for many years, it was not. And our fastest growing group of veterans are women veterans. So it makes sure, you know, the perspective uh, of having not only am I a Marine, my son's a Marine, my grandson's a Marine, a father who was Army, a grandfather who was Marine, and an uncle who was Marine. Um, you know, it, it, it is a passion of mine. And then, therefore, I'm, I'm kind of very, very um, watchful 
per se, uh, of those issues that would uh, negatively or positively affect our uh, men and women in service. Oh, that's terrific. Thank you for that work. Tell our listeners a little bit, if you would, about the district that you represent. What makes yeah. them special? The district that I represent and have represented for the last eight years is 11 and one third, uh, third counties on the southern and eastern part of the state of Illinois. Now, the new district is 34 counties. And not only does I, when, when you, know, you in the intro, you introduced that I have three navigable waterways, and that's true. I have the Kaskaskia River, uh, the, uh, the, the Mississippi River, and a slight bit of the Ohio River um, in my district. And whenever um, uh, uh, the new districts come to be, I have from St. Louis all the way down to Cairo, and Carroll all the way back up to where the Ohio River moves away from the state of Illinois. But then uh, the non-navigable part I have, but then also I have the Kaskaskia, which is navigable. Uh, and then a non-navigable river that goes right on up is the Wabash. Um, so I have a lot, of, uh, a, a lot of river bank in my district. Oh, that is terrific and a really nice segue to what I want to talk about next. So as a member of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee and specifically the Water Resources and Environment Subcommittee, you play an important role in the crafting of the Biennial Water Resources Development right. Act. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what that legislation does and why it's important to the American economy? Well, here's what it does. WERDA, uh, you know, is, is we have to pass it every two years. It is uh, very important because that's where the funding comes for infrastructure, for locks, dams, levees, uh, uh, making sure our, our uh, inland waterways are kept navigable, but it's also involved with the, with the seaports and the inland ports. So this is vitally important that we make sure we focus on making sure, well, in my district, uh, there are several ports and several locks and several dams that we have to do the maintenance on and that, that the money is directed that way, that the Army Corps knows what projects are out there that we're directing them towards over the next couple of years or in the beginning phases or the end phase or the middle phase of any construction that might be going on. It's vitally important because we have to make sure that those waterways keep going uh, and, and you know, with, when you have as much uh, riverfront as I do in my district, uh, there's a unique situations that come up all the time. Uh, but, you know, we just passed, uh, we, we, we passed the word of bill, but we know we gotta keep focused on it because it comes back every two years. Absolutely. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one? What are some of your priorities, Congressman, for this year's War to Bell? Well, one, one of the priorities that I've been working on uh, uh, is the, the um, working with the Army Corps of Engineers uh, to make sure that, that it's, it's kind of a long story. So if, if those one people who are working on the river and know when they pass just north of Cairo, uh, there's the... Um, uh, 
there, there is a levee system that in the 2014 and 2015 flood of the, of the holiday flood, they blew out the, the Lynn Small levee. And that has caused navigable problem, a navigation problem that quite often we've had a few barges get sucked into that area during high water. It, and that is actually, um, it, 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 and I know the, the people that are listening to this understand where this is at. At the bottom of the state of Illinois, there is what's known as the dog tooth bend. And that is a pretty nut, rough navigational area anyway. It's, it's about 17 miles around. But what happened when this levee blew out, it actually cut a channel and is cutting a channel and making it about two and a half mi miles or three miles across. And if that ever cuts through, we're going to have real navigable problem because of the amount of river drop that occurs at 17 miles all of a sudden now occurs in two and a half miles. Uh, and, and it actually would become a rapid that would clog up. So we we have a priority to try to make sure we're getting that straightened out and dealt with. Now, there's other levees and, and uh, uh, a lot of the things that we do for uh, uh, making sure the channel stays where it's at that we've been working on. But those are some of the priorities. Uh, that is really important work, both for safety and for the economy, given that our rivers really are marine highways. So thank you for that. Yeah. And, and you know, something that was important in this word of bill as well, um, and a lot of people don't understand this, but the Army Corps has more than they deal with, with, with than just our waterways that are, are, are navigable waterways. They also deal with water flow and, and everything like that. And some of those things are our water supplies. Now, this recent word of bill, there was a bill, there was an amendment that was snuck into that bill that I and Rodney Davis, also from Illinois, realized because our staff did a great job of locating and realizing this amendment. Someone out of a, a member out of Chicago at the request of the governor was actually going to remove uh, three of our uh, water supply lakes in deep southern Illinois uh, off of the list for the contract for the state of Illinois. And that would have forced it to cause the water rates to go up very high for people in my area and people in Rodney Davis's area because one of the lakes and part of the other is in my district. Then one of the lake, another lake and a part of the, that other lake uh, is, is was in both of our districts. And so we got that pulled out. And that, that's a lot of what we do too as well. Oh, that's great. And nobody needs rates for anything to go up right no. now. So <laughs> that's for sure. Let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, we talk quite a bit on this podcast about the importance of the Jones Act yes. to our country's economic and homeland and national security. And as you know, the Jones Act requires that vessels moving cargo between U.S. points, whether that's on our inland rivers, coastal, non-contiguous, are U.S. owned, U.S. built, U.S. crewed. From your perspective as a member of Congress and especially one whose district includes three navigable rivers, why is the Jones Act important to economic and homeland security? Well, economically, it makes sure that, that the people that we have right here in the United States, our mariners are the ones taking care of our products inland and close to our shores that are not leaving off of our shores to go to other countries. Now, that is good because it keeps people working and it keeps us with trained crew uh, in case something would break out in the world and that we would be able to be know it's safe and secure. Now, then I'm going to tell you why it's important to our homeland security. Let's not be uh, foolish and think that all of a sudden a crew that would come from, let's say, China 
or uh, some other nation uh, that then all of a sudden were aboard the ships that would be traveling in our ports from port to port uh, on the ocean, but not only that, now inland ports, up rivers, and all of a sudden we have people that are not loyal to the United States uh, manning these ships and the cargo. The problem is they could sneak things in, they could put us in danger, they could move explosives, they could move all kinds of things that could make it dangerous for us, they could contaminate our waterways, they could do all kinds of damage uh, if they don't have the loyalty to this nation. So it is, pri it is a priority of mine to not only make sure I support the Jones Act, but make sure all of my colleagues understand how important it is for we, this United States, to make sure the Jones Act stays in place. Oh, that is fantastic and, and so important. The Jones Act also helps to ensure that our country has a strong maritime industrial base. That's Can correct. you talk a little bit about why that's important as, sure. as a former Marine and a family sure. member of many other service people? Look, you know, we just went through uh, an election one president ago, and uh, uh, you could like Donald Trump or you could hate Donald Trump. But Donald Trump wasn't wrong on policy. And the policy of the fact that the more jobs that we keep right here and now for us as the United States to move, move, move whether it's the uh, uh, moving products of as far as agricultural products, our moving products that we produce in our manufacturing area, uh, these jobs need to be United States jobs and we need to make sure that we have a trained, ready maritime force that moves around our shores, up and down our rivers, and transports worldwide as well, but making sure that we have that control inland that we need to make sure it's secure. We can do that to make sure we have United States ships, we have United States companies operating those ships, we have United States citizens operating uh, and, and crewing the, the crews of those ships, make sure that they're the ones knowing what's being uh, loaded onto those ships, where they're going and why they're going there and how we can keep it safe and secure. Oh, very well said. I am so glad that you have taken on the role of educating your colleagues about the Jones Act who may not have the background with it that you do. Yeah, that, and that's just it. Well, that's what we need to remember is each one of us have certain things about our district that is uh, kinds of leads us into a not necessarily an expertise, but a whole lot more information than what someone would have that might be in the middle of uh, Nevada or anything like that. So if we can get them in our support and supporting us, that's good. Outstanding. Congressman, I know you are very busy. Before we close out this episode of the American Maritime Podcast, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about for our listeners? Anything you'd like to share about your work or just dig a little deeper on? Feel free. Well, just know this, that, you know, like I said, every two years, the Word of, Word of Act comes up and that there are people in the Transportation Infrastructure Committee uh, that have a tremendous amount of interest in this and we will continue to keep your interest uh, at heart uh, to know that our jobs in this United States are secure and that our nation and the people who are doing and moving those that cargo up and down our waterways, uh, that their jobs are secure and that their lives are secure. Uh, that's fantastic. Congressman Bost, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank this you. 
This is all for today's episode of the American Maritime Podcast. I encourage you to share it with friends and colleagues who are interested or would benefit in learning more about a strong American maritime. I'm Jennifer Carpenter signing off. Thank mm-hmm. you.